Stephen Covey says one of the biggest mistakes we make is climbing the ladder of success only to find out this is just one of those days. Yeah. Stephen Covey says one of the biggest mistakes we make is climbing the ladder of success only to find out at the top that the ladder is against the wrong wall. Pastor Francis Chan says something similar to this. He says our greatest fear should not be a failure, but succeeding at things in life that really don't matter. I want to give you kind of a, an illustration of what these guys are talking about. Imagine that this extension cord is your life. Not just your physical life, but your eternal life as well. This is all that you'll ever live and be and do. Now, if all of this extension cord is your life, eternal and physical, now what you understand is that this little part right here, this is your physical life. Right. That means that we are going to spend far more time in eternity than we are on this world. And wouldn't it be crazy to to spend all of this little bit here focused only on this little bit here and neglecting what's coming when all of the rest of this when we enter into eternity here. Now, the Bible defines the world, the appeal of the world as the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, for simplicity's sake, I just kind of want you to see the lust of the flesh as what you want to do. And the lust of the eyes, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, is what you want to have. And the pride of life is what you want to be. So let's imagine, in this little bit here, you focus entirely on doing everything you want to do. And you focus your life entirely on, on getting everything you want to get. And you focus this little bit here entirely on being everything you want to be. Now, by worldly standards, if you were to do everything you wanted to do, you were to get everything you wanted to get, and you were to become everything you wanted to be, by worldly standards, you would be wildly successful. The problem with this the Bible says the world and its lusts are passing away. But he who does the will of God lasts forever. You see, if we focus this little bit on, on all that we want to do and all that we want to get and all that we want to be, we are going to enter all of the rest of this wildly unprepared. We are not going to be ready for eternity. Now, I would say that nobody got up today and came out here unless they wanted to be ready for all of this. I mean, we come to church in part because we want to prepare for all of this that's coming. The problem is that desires do not really determine what we do. Right? It's direction, not desire. That determines our destination. Because people, they desire a lot of things. People desire to be in shape. People desire to be able to run marathons. People desire all kinds of things. But if they don't actually do anything about it, those desires don't come to pass. So it's one thing to desire to spend this little bit of time preparing for this. 
But if we don't actually do the things in this little bit that prepares us for the long part, that desire is worthless in the end. So what do we do? How can we spend this little bit of time here being sure that we are prepared for this long bit of time that is coming? Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 10, that's page 871 in your pew Bible. When you find that, I'll ask you to stand on the reading of God's word. First Corinthians 3 and 10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed. And if you underline or mark in your Bible, I would mark the take heed how he builds. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, when anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And if anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. And yet so as through fire. Title of the message this morning is preparing for eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you today. You are great and awesome and worthy of our praise and worthy of our devotion. We come this morning with a desire to prepare for eternity, to to hear from your word, to hear from you. Have you work in our lives and change us to be who you want us to be. And God, we ask you today to help us to lay aside the cares of life and help us, God, to to have open hearts and, and humble spirits to receive your word, Lord, and let it challenge us and let it change us. Let us be open to your spirit and his conviction and his guidance. Father, help us to take seriously your word And at the start of this new year. God, help us to, to choose to, to prepare for eternity in the ways that we should. Let us not waste the little bit that you've given us on worldly things that will pass away. Help us to spend the little bit that you've given us doing things that matter, things that have eternal significance and eternal value. Fill me this morning with your Holy Spirit and give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech that I could speak your words and your ways for your glory. We ask all of this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. In this passage, Paul reminds the Corinthians and us of their individual accountability to God. He compares our lives to a building that we build. There is a foundation, and then we begin to build on that foundation. And he explains that we, what we build with, the materials that we build with, we can choose between things that are perishable and things that are permanent, things that are precious or things that are paltry. And part of what we have to understand from this is, is that the building, what we add to the foundation, right? this building we build, we, we build it all the time. Every day, our actions, our reactions, our priorities, and our attitudes, our values, in all of these things, we are building upon this foundation. 
And that is important to understand if we want to prepare for eternity. So the central truth I want you to understand today is this. We prepare for eternity every moment of our lives. I want you to take a minute and just let that sink in. Every moment we have an attitude. Every moment we have actions. Every moment we have reactions. Every moment we have priorities. We have values. We say things. We do things. Every one of these is how we're preparing for eternity. Every one of these are what we're building our lives to be. So what can we do to be sure? Since we're every moment we are preparing for eternity, what can we do to be sure we are spending our, our little bit in a way that will truly prepare us for the long part? Three ways this passage tells us. First, ensure Jesus is my foundation. Paul says in, in verse 10 that he is a, a wise master builder that has laid a foundation in Corinth. What he's reminding them of is the fact that he is not some interloper trying to meddle in their affairs. He's not just a guy writing an idea of what they should do. He, he built that church. He is the guy that came there and preached the gospel. And most of them, many of them were saved under Paul's ministry. He, he, while he was there, he laid a foundation in their lives. And that foundation, he tells us, is the one foundation that matters. It says he laid the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. That is the, the only foundation. We, we've learned earlier in 1 Corinthians 2 that when Paul was there for a year and a half, he preached one message. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul laid the one foundation that would sustain them through the troubles and trials that would come into their lives. Paul laid the one foundation that would enable them to stand against the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Paul laid the one foundation that would help them not only spend their life for good, but to spend their life in a way that would prepare them for eternity. And that foundation was Jesus Christ. Now, in our lives, there are any number of things that we can choose as the foundation of our lives. What we build ourselves upon. Many people build it on pleasure. Many people, they build it on on the pursuit of things, on money, on their job, on their family. But none of those things are really going to last. The reason is, pleasures fade after a while. The first time we do something pleasurable, it is super exciting. But after doing it over and over again, it loses the thrill. I had a buddy that was a skydiver. And he had, he had jumped like 150 times. He said when he first was doing it, it was, I mean, he was just jacked with adrenaline. He said now it was just something else he did. It wasn't all that exciting to him anymore. He had done it so much that the pleasure had left. We can easily lose our jobs. Things can happen in our families. These foundations, they don't last. The only foundation that, that we can build on so that we can be prepared for eternity is the foundation of Jesus Christ. 
And there are two reasons why Jesus alone is the foundation. The first is that Jesus is God. Jesus isn't just a guy. He wasn't just a prophet or a teacher or a good man or an example or any of that stuff. Jesus is God in the flesh. And this means that as God, he can always be right. Everything Jesus said was always the right answer. If he said to do it, it's always the right action. If he said to believe it, it's always the right belief. If he said to have this attitude, it's always the right attitude. Jesus is always right. Because Jesus is God. Do you have any other foundation, anything else in life that's always right? Are are weathermen always right? No. No. The only person that is always right is Jesus. Because he is God. That is a solid foundation to build our lives on. There is nothing else in all the world that is always right. Except for God's word that was given by inspiration of God. The words of Christ. Christ. Always right. We can build on that. Secondly, Jesus alone saves. What Jesus did through his sacrificial death and victorious resurrection was the most powerful Event in human history. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus enables those who would repent of their sins and believe in him to be transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. It enables us in the midst of of great suffering to say, well, we are suffering, we rejoice always. It enables us to be more than conquerors despite anything else that's going on in our lives. It enables us to say there is no condemnation for me because of Jesus Christ. There is no foundation that prepares us for eternity apart from Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection are the most important events all of human history. And apart from that, nothing else matters. There is no way to spend our little bit on what matters. And prepare for eternity apart from a foundation of Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life. Every moment of every day, you and I, we are preparing for eternity. We best ensure we're building on the right foundation of Jesus Christ. Secondly, choose the permanent over the perishable. Paul says in verse 12, now if anyone builds on this foundation... Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw. Paul says that we have to take heed to how we build. Because as we build, some things are more valuable than others. Not everything has the same value in life, does it? Even in in just life in general, some things are more valuable than others. This piece of paper that I wrote the songs down on so I could have it with me in case they're wrong, that's not very valuable. Nobody would pay me $1,000 for this, would they? Scott, you want to give me $1,000? No. Nope. It's useless. Right? But different things are worth different value. I have a pocket knife, and it's not worth a whole lot, but it's worth more than that piece of paper is. But this pocket knife is not worth as much as somebody's smartphone. And a smartphone is not worth as much as maybe somebody's supercomputer. Right? Different things in life have different values. 
Well, what's true in our physical life is true for eternal life and spiritual life as well. Not everything we can do in life has the same value. Some things are permanent. Some things are perishable. Some things are precious. Some things are paltry. That's why we have to take heed. right? Because imagine it this way. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, shows us our need for Jesus. We repent of our sin, we turn to Jesus, and we are saved. At that moment, the foundation of Jesus Christ is laid in our lives. And from the moment, whether we're at the altar and we get up, or wherever we are and we pray, and we call upon Jesus, from that moment until Christ calls us home, everything we do builds on that foundation. And some of what we build on is permanent, Important, some of what we build on is perishable and worthless. So how do we know what is permanent and what is perishable? I can't give you a, an exhaustive list of all of those things, but let me give you a few. Right? Here are some things that are permanent. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, Anytime we bear the fruit of the Spirit, that is, that is permanent. But one thing to understand about the fruit of the Spirit is it really only counts, and it's really only the fruit of the Spirit, when we're tempted to do the opposite. Right? So, when I'm tempted to hate, but I choose love, in that moment I've chose the permanent over the perishable. When I'm tempted to be bitter, and I choose joy, that is choosing the permanent over the perishable. When I'm tempted to be afraid, but I choose peace, that is choosing the permanent over the perishable. When I'm tempted to be hateful, but I choose kindness, that is choosing the permanent over the perishable. When I'm tempted to be self-indulgent, and I choose self-control, that is choosing the permanent over the perishable. Anytime we choose the fruit of the Spirit over our temptations. That is choosing a permanent thing over a perishable thing. A second one is add to my faith. Peter writes that we're to give all diligence to add to our faith. And he gives a list of several things that we are to add to our faith. And growing spiritually, becoming who Jesus wants us to be, it's not automatic. It's something we have to make intentional effort to do. That's why Peter says to give all diligence to add these things. And I think the natural drift of all of us is to not give all diligence to add these things. Because it's, it's where we're going to, actually Wednesday night, we're going to start a series in this called The Keys to Spiritual Growth. We're going to see that these things are, are difficult at times. And so it takes a lot of effort to add to our faith. It takes a lot of, of intentional, focused effort to add to our faith the things that we're supposed to add to our faith. And every time we choose to add to our faith, we choose to give all diligence, we are choosing the permanent over the perishable. But because the natural drift is not to be the more like Jesus. The natural drift of our world and of our lives is not to be like Christ. It is to be like the world. So to go against the flow, to say, I'm not going to, to stagnate, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to be satisfied and complacent, 
I want to be as much like Jesus as I can be. That is a choice. It's choosing something permanent over something perishable. Show agape love. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. You know why love is the greatest of those? Because love is the only one of those that's going to be in heaven. We don't need faith in heaven because faith gives way to sight. We will see Jesus. Hope is a well-grounded, well-founded assurance that God will do what he has said he will do. In heaven, we're going to see that he's done what he said he would do. There's no hope, there's no faith in heaven, but there is love. And on top of that, God loves people. I mean, God loves everyone. And so every time we choose to act in a way that shows love to other people, we choose to have a loving attitude towards people, we choose to love them in the way that God has loved us, we are choosing the permanent over the perishable. The thing is, we don't have time to get into it this morning, but, but our world does not really understand love. Because we, we are not to, to just love people that love us. Jesus says if you do that, you're no different than the worst sort of sinners. I mean, even people on death row love those who love them most of the time. What sets a Christian apart from others is that we love the unlovable. We love the difficult, the challenging, the ones who are not like us. We love them in the way God has loved us. And every time we do that, time we show that love, we are choosing the permanent over the perishable. Serve Jesus. And I chose these three verses because to me there's a progression in it. First, in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are saved to serve. Each and every one of us, we are saved to serve. No one is saved to sit. We are all saved to do things that God has prepared for us to do. First Thessalonians reminds us that therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What Paul reminds us in Thessalonians is nothing we do for Jesus in our service to Jesus is ever a waste of time. It doesn't matter if we share the gospel and no one responds. It doesn't matter if we read our Bible and we're trying, but it doesn't really, we don't really feel we learned anything. It doesn't matter if we do it and no one saw. If we did it for Jesus because of Jesus, it matters. And then Revelation reminds us, here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven say to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. See, our, our service to Jesus, it goes to eternity with us. It, it follows us beyond this life. Everything we do for Jesus ultimately matters not only in this life, but in the life to come. And that is, again, I, I think that is critical for us to understand. Every time I, I choose to... To do something because Jesus has saved me. To do something because Jesus has loved me. That is a choice. It is a choosing something permanent over something perishable. When I choose to read my Bible, to pray, to 
come to church, to find and use my spiritual gift, to share the gospel, to serve another. Whatever I do, if I'm doing it because Jesus has saved me and I want to to know him, to know him better, to grow. If I'm doing it because of Jesus, that is permanent, not perishable. That is a choice that we make. Now, that's just some of the things that would be permanent. What are some things that would be perishable? In a lot of ways, I think the perishable would be the opposite of the permanent, right? So like you have the, the fruit of the Spirit, the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. When it is to when I, when I hate rather than love, that's a choice. I'm choosing the perishable over the permanent. When I choose to be bitter rather than have joy, that's a choice. I'm choosing the the perishable rather than the permanent. When I choose to be afraid rather than to have peace, that's a choice. It's a choice of the perishable over the permanent. When I choose to be hateful instead of gentle, that is a choice. It is a choice of the perishable over the permanent. Another one is to choose sin. The works of the flesh from Galatians 5, and and those are all common sins and things. But the thing is, I I can't choose sin and choose the permanent at the same time. Every time I choose to sin, whatever sin I give into, that is a choice. I am choosing the perishable over the permanent. And for believers, it's always a choice. I mean, the Bible is, is filled with promises. We have no obligation to fulfill the desires of our sinful nature. That with every temptation, God provides a way out. As believers in Jesus Christ, we never have to sin. Every time we sin, it is a choice that we make. We choose to sin. And in choosing to sin, we are choosing the perishable over the permanent. Choose to be devoted to self instead of Jesus. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, when I choose to deny myself and I choose to follow Jesus, I am choosing the permanent over the perishable. The opposite is also true. When I refuse to deny myself, I am choosing the perishable over the permanent. And the reality is the harsh reality, I think, for all of us is the reason I choose, I refuse to deny myself is because I'm more devoted to myself than I am to Jesus. My will and my wants and my ways in my mind are more important than Jesus' will and Jesus' want and Jesus' ways. And a person who is devoted to self instead of Jesus, this is what I'm convinced of. Every decision that person makes, every choice that person makes, is a choice of the perishable over the permanent. But a person who is devoted to self, they're not going to do the permanent things because they're hard. It is hard to give all diligence to add to our faith. It is hard to love instead of hate. It is hard to be self-controlled rather than self-indulgent. It is hard to love people as God has loved me. 
it, it is it is hard to do any of the things that the Bible says to do. Anytime someone says to me, it is so easy to be a Christian, I think, I, I guess you haven't read the Bible. Or you're maybe better than me. Because I don't know about you, but things like turn the other cheek. It's not easy. And a self-indulgent person, someone that's devoted to self, they won't do it. Forgiving others, person devoted to self, won't do it. These are difficult things. To be self-sacrificing. All of this stuff is, is hard. And it requires me. I mean, I can't even do these things without denying myself. Because I'm a Ross. Rosses are, we, we don't get even, we get ahead. I remember the, the little boy in kindergarten that pushed me off the slide. Like, and in my natural self, if I saw him, I might punch him in the mouth. Not really. But I remember, I do remember it. We hold grudges. Forgiving. Turning the other cheek. These are not my natural responses. But it's a choice. Am I going to build with something permanent or something perishable? If I am devoted to self, I never build with anything permanent. I always make the easy choices. I always make the choices that please me. I always make the choices that keep me in my comfort zone. I never, I never do anything hard. That I don't want to do. And my every choice will be a choice for the perishable over the permanent. And this is the start of the new year. I mean, I love the new year. It's like a fresh, clean slate to try everything all over again. And starting, I mean, right now. And when we leave here and all next week and all this year, you and I. We are going to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And we are either going to build with the permanent or we are going to build with the perishable. But we are going to build. And what we build with, what you build with, that is all your choice. What I build with is all my choice. I can't blame you for choosing the perishable. You can't blame me. I must choose. You must choose. Choose the permanent over the perishable. And then the final truth is to live in light of accountability. He says in verse 13, again, a reason we're to take heed is because there's going to be a day when everyone's work which he has built, if it endures, he will receive of reward. Oh, I just skipped a verse. Verse 13. Each one's work will become clear. Now think about that truth as we go on. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built endures, he shall receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. The reality is there is a day of judgment coming where believers even will stand before God and we will give an account for our lives. We will give an account for how we have built, what we have built with. And I don't know for sure how it's all going to work, how the, the testing by fire happens. But the way I imagine it is that there will be stuff that will represent all that we've done, all that we've built with. And it will be piled up and there will be a fire. 
And the stuff that was perishable was going to burn up and be gone. And all that's left is the permanent stuff that we did. And at that point, it's all it's made clear. And I think there are three, three ideas that we need to understand with this. The first is that, that we are, each and every one of us, going to stand there. Right? He says, for each one's work will become clear. Every one of us in this room today, we will stand there on that day. No one, no one escapes that day of judgment. None of us get to get by. God's not going to say, well, Stacy, you're a good old boy. Go on through. We're not going to worry about that. I'm going to stand there and you're going to stand there. Each one will stand there. So in light of accountability, understand that there will be a day when you, not, not them, Now, this isn't the time to worry about your neighbor and hoping that somebody else is hearing. You will stand before Jesus and you will give an account for how you built on the foundation of Christ that was laid in your life. Second truth is that we are going to be there alone with Jesus. But each one, the the picture there is that it's just me and Jesus. And the reason I think this is important It's because it is remarkably easy to let others discourage us in our service to Jesus. You know, it's possible for people to to keep us from doing what we know we need to do. We feel that we ought to serve Jesus in a way and somebody will say, don't get carried away. I mean, you don't want to be one of those weirdos, right? You don't want to be a fanatic. You need to to have balance in life. You know, the reality is, People that had balance in life, Jesus called lukewarm. And we, we are meant to be fully devoted. We are meant to be almost fanatical in our service and devotion to Jesus. I mean, deny yourself, take up your cross, turn the other cheek, forgive. Pretty radical stuff. And it's easy to let people kind of make us embarrassed. Oh, you can't, if you turn the other cheek, Melissa, they're going to run all over you. Scott, if you forgive them, they're just going to do it again. You know, you're just you're just setting yourself up. You you can't really. That's not. I mean, that sounds good. It sounds good to say to focus on the kingdom of God and His righteousness first. But that's not practically. You can't really live like that. Oh well, discourages. Or or some people can. I think well-meaning people can discourage us in a different way. Have you ever? Felt like God was dealing with you about something that was wrong in your life. And you confessed it to somebody only to have them say, Oh, don't worry about that. I think you're great. I mean, I can't, that's just such a small thing. It can't be that big of a deal. Don't, don't let that get you down or don't let that bother you. Well, who are, they, who are you going to listen to? Them or Jesus? And the reason it matters that we're going to be there alone with Jesus so on that day, their opinion won't matter. The people who tell you you need balance, their opinion won't matter. The people who tell you it's not realistic to try to live that way, their opinion won't matter. The people who tell you you're great just the way you are, their opinion won't matter. You won't be able to turn to Jesus and say, Scott said I was great. Right, Scott? Tell him. Because Scott won't be there with me. Scott will be there by himself. At this point, 
if we're going to live in light of accountability, then the only opinion we need to worry about is Jesus' opinion. What does he say about what we're building with? What does he say about whether something is permanent or perishable? Because in the end, on this day, his opinion will be the only opinion that matters. And the final truth of this is that it will be an absolute judgment. Because once the wood, hay, and straw burns up, all that's going to be left are the gold, silver, and precious stone. The perishable is going to be gone. And nothing but the permanent is going to be left. And right now, right now it's easy to fool people. Right now, it's easy to pretend that we're really building with permanent things. Right now, it's easy to justify what we're doing and say that really we think it's probably permanent. And why it's probably significant and eternal in its value. But on that day, all of our justifications are going to burn away. On that day, all of our excuses are going to burn away. And all that's going to be left is what? We've actually done. The things we intended to do won't be there. The things we hope to do won't be there. The things that we plan to do won't be there. All that will be there will be the things that we actually did. The actual permanent building materials will be all that is left. It will be an absolute revelation. I think of it in a little ways like test. In high school, I wasn't a very good student. And I would pretend to study. And I would pretend to study in class when we had time. And when mom and dad would find out I had a test and would make me study, I would pretend to be looking at my book. But in my mind, I was somewhere else. In my mind, I was Captain America. Or in my mind, I was Johnny Rambo. But my mind wasn't in the book. And I could pretend. And I could excuse But on that test, when all that ink came back and the F letter was there, it was pretty absolute what I had learned. Nothing. We can pretend. We can excuse and we can justify. But on this day, it's going to be absolute. What is left is all that there is. Now, what's left will be something we are rewarded for. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures... He will receive a reward. Now, I don't know. I don't understand all that the Bible says about rewards. It talks about rewards and crowns and things like that. I am not certain about the point of all of them. But one explanation I heard years ago is the one that makes the most sense to me. In Revelation, there's a scene where the 20 elders, they, they bow before Jesus and they're wearing crowns. And they take the crowns off their head and they cast them at Jesus' feet as they bow before him. And the guy I heard explain it said that the point of the crowns and the point of the rewards is so that we can cast them at Jesus' feet and show him the value we placed on him in life. And the more crowns we have, the more rewards we have, the more we'll have to throw at Jesus' feet to say, this is what you meant to me. This is what your sacrifice was to me. Everything I did in life, I did because of you. And it's a way to glorify and honor Jesus on the last day.
to me that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I do not want to live my life pretending, excusing. And on that day, not to have a lot to throw at Jesus' feet. Because in my, in my mind, in my heart, what He did for me is pretty significant. It means a lot. But I want what I feel and what I think it means to be demonstrated in my life. The way I demonstrate the meaning of what Jesus did for me is by choosing the permanent over the perishable. This is where we're all going to be at some day. This is, this is where we are. Now, understand, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, even if everything you have burns up, you're still saved. But he says in verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he suffers loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. And the idea, the picture, the word picture there is basically like escaping out of a burning house with nothing but the clothes on your back. But on that day, there'll be nothing to cast Jesus' feet. There'll be nothing to declare how great we thought he was. I don't want to be, I don't want to escape as by fire. I, I want crowns to throw at Jesus' feet. And I'm sure you would say you do as well. The only way to have that is to choose the permanent over the perishable. That, that's what you have to do. There's no other way. All that we've talked about this morning, though, it, it begins with the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. I mean, can you, can you say for sure Jesus Christ is the foundation of your life? In 2 Corinthians, Paul said to examine yourselves, to see if Jesus Christ is really among you. And I like that because he doesn't say, have you prayed a prayer? It's not what he asked them. He didn't say, did you attend church? It's not what he said. He didn't even ask them, have you been baptized? He said, examine yourself. Look at your life. Does your life testify that Jesus Christ is with you, that you are with him, that you are following him? So I would paraphrase that and ask you, examine your life. Does it show that Jesus Christ is the foundation of your life? Because there is no way to spend that little bit in preparation for eternity without Jesus Christ as the foundation. Apart from that, everything we do is wood, hay, and straw. It's all perishable. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You, we can't. So if we've got to get that straightened out. And if we're sure that Jesus Christ is the foundation of our lives, the next question is, what am I building with? What am I choosing? What do my attitudes, my daily attitudes, do they show I'm choosing the permanent or the perishable? What about the things that I do every day of my life? Do they show that I'm choosing the permanent or the perishable? What about my reactions? Things don't go my way. How do I respond? Do I respond in a way that shows I'm choosing the permanent or the perishable? about the priorities of my life? What is most important as seen by the actions I take and the things I do? Does it show I'm choosing the permanent or the perishable? What about my values? What I value most at the core of my being? Does it show I choose the permanent 
or the perishable? No one can answer that but you. And and if you say, I haven't been choosing the permanent, I've been choosing the perishable. This is a perfect day, the start of the new year. To begin anew. You know, you can't go back. There's no do-overs. You don't get to go back and do 2015 over again. All the, all the perishable stuff you've built with, it's always going to be there. You can't undo it. But you can start now by building with the permanent, the precious stuff. But it, it's a choice that, that you must make. And in the end, the day is going to declare it. Right, right now, you don't have to respond this morning. You can, if you know you've been building with perishable, but you want to pretend that it's permanent... That's fine. I mean, that's your choice. But the day will declare it. And what the day declares is completely up to you. Let's stand as our musicians come forward.